0: You are now entering a world, a world beyond the reach of the average eye, a world filled with wondrous imagination, where good and evil are in an epic struggle, an everlasting fight, where courage and bravery lurk around every corner, and the magic of the mind is unleashed. Welcome to every World. episode of Ava World Stories, Jane Danger visited the nun's commissary and met Mother Margaret, Sister Gladys and Sister Joan. She learned that a man named Charles was stalking Sister Joan before the FBI led by Agent Mark Sparks showed up and Sparks made his position on Jane's interference very clear. She was was to stay stay out out of his his investigation.
1: investigation. I didn't make it back to my office until the wee small hours of the morning. And the sun was nearly up. I headed behind my desk to the makeshift bed I had made out of blankets on the floor to catch some shine. That was when my phone rang. I could only fathom one person calling me so early and could imagine that he was trying to reach me for several hours. As he likes to call me when he gets off work on Sundays. You'd think he'd understand that I was busy, but men never do. And yet, here I was about to answer the phone of a man furiously trying to keep our unnurtured love alive from an entirely different state. Hello? I said groggily as I answered the phone. Jane, thank God! I thought something had happened to you. David began sounding seriously worried, and then made me hesitant to snap on him for disturbing my sleep. But having someone actually care enough for me to be worried is refreshing, and taking some getting used to. I do fear pushing him away. I don't want him to feel that I don't have feelings for him. But I must admit that my family isn't the closest. And love isn't something I've seen too much of in my first 23 years of living. Yes, David, I'm fine. Just really tired. I said as I opened a drawer on my desk and lifted a bottle of whiskey out, slamming the drawer shut and biting off the top of the bottle. I grinned as I took a giant swig. No doubt David heard me. Are you drinking this early in the morning? He scolded lightly. Isn't this the best time to start drinking? It's 4 a.m. on a Monday. You should be about to start working. Yeah, well, I just finished the day. You got hired on something? Exciting? What is it? Have you read about the two-week killer? No way. The police caved in and hired you? Well, don't sound so surprised. I scolded. This made him stammer a bit, and I found it pretty cute that his masculinity backed him right into a corner. No, it's you're great, obviously, but the stories you've told me about those guys... David... They didn't hire me. Oh, thank God. He said with a sigh of relief. Yeah, seriously. The church hired me. He laughs a bit. It's only a matter of time. What do you mean? The church can't officially enlist the police's protection. That would violate the constitution to keep separate the church and the state. I think everyone's taking that a little too literally. I said, not understanding why these men kept quoting that phrase in this 300-year-old piece of parchment. The police aren't politicians. No one's taking bribes on the church. People are dying. Priests are dying, Jane. There are a lot of people that are afraid of the church sinking their teeth in any federal or state organization. The last time the church had control of the police, it ended in a lot of people dying. Yeah, well, I think I have a suspect. Problem is, the feds are here and I can't get involved. Says who? Says a very nice FBI agent. What, did you tell him that I also told you to stay out of my way, but you politely refused? This isn't some local missing persons case, David. Ten people are dead. Nine more nuns, maybe next. Sounds like you have a job to do that. What are you doing talking to me? I laughed as he turned on his early morning chain. I don't need you to protect me again if I get arrested. Truth is, I didn't have you back then either. I was going to lock your ass up and throw away the key. Oh yeah? And why didn't you? Because you had information I needed. You were willing to do something the rest of us weren't. I know you want to work with the law, Jane, but the beauty about you is that you can't. Oh, thanks, David, I appreciate it. Which means you can get away with breaking it, he said with emphasis, and that hit me. I had to think about it for a second. I don't have rules or protocols to follow, no superior to report to. I am the ultimate detective, one with no strings attached. Only problem is the entire world is made up of bureaucracy and covered in red tape. You're right. I said, if I can get ahead of them, then they'll have to listen to me, and technically, me investigating on my own isn't interfering in their investigation at all, even if they think it is. I was hired to protect the nuns, and that's what I'm going to do. That's my girl. Not your girl. You, you can be. He pauses, and I don't say anything for a second wondering what he can mean. How about I book you a flight out here? You still haven't been to Disneyland. I could take you, and end a summer trip. As nice as that sounds, I can't commit anything until I can prevent these nuns from being brutally murdered. Well, you got six days. Get on it. I will, I said, as I hung up the phone. As I laid down on my bed, I couldn't help but think about what David just said about me being his girl. Was that a hint at a marriage proposal? Can that vision I had at the church become reality? These questions of a life I'd never dreamed I actually have were coming more and more realistic. He backtracked to ask me Disneyland. Why on earth would anyone want to go to that overblown expression of egotism I will never understand? Then I pondered a day at Disneyland with David. Seeing all oh, those princesses spreading their lies of happy ever after as I hold the hand of the man I love, living a fairy tale myself. I'd be at a gruesome one. As what Disney film didn't have intense suffering and intimate struggle involved? Death seems to be the only relatable thread throughout his films. Am I a living Disney fairy tale? Abused girl flees from home with mother, both hardened by the experience, their relationship hanging on by a thread. And now the Prince Charming, one who could have turned me in but through his love, decided to believe me and helped me solve the bird in a cage case and give justice to a man who had been too long denied it. With all this money, me and David could go anywhere, do anything, be anyone. But because of the promise I made to a dead man, I am here. In this hot office, deprived of sleep, with the fate of nine nuns weighing very heavily on my chest. This is something I wouldn't wish on my own worst enemy. To have to choose between the life you always knew you wanted and the life you worked so hard to build for yourself. My whole life has been leading up to this case, to this moment, to be on the verge of becoming a famous detective. All I have to do is break one more law, throw myself into the fray once more, stare down death once again, and maybe come out on top or six feet under. Or drive to the airport right now, buy a ticket, and go to Disneyland with a man I love, and never come back to this city ever again. Leave this life behind me and start anew. I could do it. I know he wants me to. I want to. But even so, he encourages me to go into the prongs of danger. If that's not true, love, I don't know what is. And if it's not destiny revealed, then I can't be sure that there is destiny at all. Mm. Walt should have written a movie about me. But I had six days for now. I'm taking a nap. You know I hate seeing you like this. My mother's voice woke me from my sleep. I looked up at her from my blankets, drool hanging off my face, nearly sticking me to my pillow made of old newspapers. Mother? I said groggily, wiping my eyes and sitting up on the floor. Hello, Jane. Father Morrison spoke. As he walked next to my mother and into my still blurry eyesight. Father? What do I owe the pleasure? I heard you had a run-in last night. Just wanted to check on you. I called your mother, foolishly thinking you were living with her. She offered to drive me here. Is that so? I said, cocking my head over to my mother. How kind of her. You two don't live together. Jane is building us a new house with all her money, Father. My mother said, and I was offended by the amount of disdain and sarcasm in her voice. You don't want to live in it. You can stay in the apartment, I threatened. Idle, I know, but she didn't have to know that. Though she probably suspected. No, don't you two go at each other's throats, Father Morrison said. I hate to see a mother and daughter arguing so. Especially with what you two have been through. Yes, I would love to get along with my daughter, Father. But she seems to have a dislike for the comfort I am able to give her. And you seem to have a distaste for the youth. I have, and you lost. And Jane seems to believe that a big house and new car makes her better than me. I'm trying to give you the life you couldn't have. I screamed, nearly standing up, but as I tried, my fatigue kept me sitting right up against that wall. And what makes you think I want a life other than the one I have? The one I suffered to give us? She yelled back, and finally we were getting to the crux of our growing tension. You're supposed to want better for your kids. I want you to be happy, Jane. And when she said that, the whole room stopped. I had never heard any sort of positive sentiment from my mother before these past two days. I'm beginning to believe me inviting her, basically forcing her to come and live with me, has begun to warm her cold heart. For I know she wasn't born this way. She wasn't even raised this way. It was marriage that turned her this way. A husband who beat her, berated her, and forced her to waste away during her best years. I always thought I was the plague she was stuck with. Now I'm beginning to think she was protecting me, not just carrying me around with her all these years. I would love to continue such a discussion at a different time. Father Morrison says, trying to get us two to put aside our differences for the moment. I just came down here because I wanted to find out what you learned last night. Anything important? Who's Charlie? I asked him. Charlie? I don't know what you're talking about. He was stalking Sister Joan about a year back. Was committed to Trustins? Oh, Brother Spencer. Yes. I remember that time. Dark times. Wait, 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 wait. I said standing up and wrapping my head around Brother Spencer. He was a priest? You didn't know? No, I thought he was just some weirdo attracted to a nun costume. Brother Spencer was attracted to Sister Joan in a very unusual and aggressive way. When brought to my attention, I immediately sought out Brother Spencer and tried to get him to stop, but he refused. His appetite for her only grew. I had to take some extreme measures. Committing him. You signed for him, which means he can't be released without your approval. He committed himself. It was our agreement. I wouldn't revoke his priesthood. He would commit himself and when he returned, I would relocate him to another parish, a fresh start. The only signature he needs is his own. Has he contacted you since he's been out? I had no clue he was released until now, at this very moment. Okay, I'm going to need to talk to Trusty. and see what I can find out about Charlie's state of mind upon his release. Hold on a second, Miss Danger. Father Morrison stopped me as I headed for the door. I've known Brother Spencer a long time. Nine people dead, nine more in one night? This isn't him. He's a man of the cloth. you not capable of anything close to this. He's the only person who fits the belt. He has a score to settle. He knows about the wine cellar. He, excuse me, the wine cellar? The wine cellar was broken into last night. Sisters said only people inside know that it connects to the building. He didn't respond to this, only held his mouth open, like he was gasping for air, but in actuality he was thinking what to say. Listen, Father, I don't know how strict your vetting process is over at the church, but let's not pretend that men of the cloth haven't killed much more than nine people. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but this is the only lead I have that can protect those nuns. The road to Trustin's was a long one that stretched far out of the guise of this trip. In order to prepare for such a long drive, I stopped off at a diner for a quick meal. I figured Trustin would be able to wait for my surprise and quite illegal visit. Also, I haven't eaten some time after my meal of pancakes and bacon with black coffee. That, of course, I spiked. I looked out the window of the diner to see what looked like nuns walking down the sidewalk. This piqued my curiosity. After paying my bill, I headed out to the nuns to see Sister Margaret and Sister Gladys, along with the other nuns from the commissary, holding grocery bags. Grocery shopping? I didn't know nuns did that sort of thing. I said as I approached, they all turned at the sound of my voice. Sister Margaret's face was shocked to see me and a bit taken off guard by my blunt reading. Well... We sisters do rely on the Lord's grace to fill us, but he can't buy chicken." A little far from the commissary, I added. That's true, Sister Margaret started. These groceries are on its way to the soup kitchen on 4th. We're making meals for the homeless. Doing God's work. Of course. God's work. I said, looking past Sister Margaret at Gladys. Then to the rest of the nuns, noticing that a face was missing. Where's well, Sister Joan? Is she okay? I asked. This caused them to murmur amongst themselves for a second as Sister Margaret figured out what to say. Still a bit shaken up from last night, I must say. She stayed behind at the commissary for recovery and prayer. Good, I said. on my way out of town, but I may stop by and apologize, waving a gun in her face. That will be mighty fine of you, Miss Danger. You know, there's always room for you with the commissary. She added on, clearly speaking of my disheveled and poorly rusted appearance. I'm okay, thank you. I said, dismissing her. At that moment, Sister Margaret turned to her nuns and gave a nod and they walked on. She looked back at me with a solemn smile that spoke to me more than any word she would have to say. She pitied me, but it wasn't a pity born out of sorrow for a person. There was more to it. There was respect in how she looked at me. Very well, but remember, being surrounded by a bunch of women of the Lord isn't the worst thing in the world. We have wine and plenty of prayer. Looks like you can use a bit of book. I'm not much of a praying woman, I said. Neither was I when I first came to the convent. Guess my age at that time. She waited. Only a second or two as it was clear I had nothing. Twenty-seven. My eyes lit up as she told me the age of when she converted. Late Bloomer, wouldn't you say? She joked. You know, Miss Daniel, prayer is something the world lacks these days. It's a precious thing that isn't taught anymore. Between me and you, the problem is the people that teach it. A bunch of old men, mostly white, speaking Latin. Talking about a man over a thousand years ago as if he was some kind of white savior. How preposterous. She chuckles as she leans in closely to continue speaking as if someone in the church may be listening. The whole system needs changing. And I can't do it alone women like you and me the non-believers. We are how change is made. Why are you telling me this? Because it's danger. You You need to hear it. You told me last night you were a threat to the church. What do you mean by that? She paused on this, thinking, but I suspected more processing than anything. She knew what she wanted to say. Hell, What she had already told me in the last 24 hours would be enough to get her excommunicated. She's wondering how to say it to me in a way that I would understand. Clearly, she wants me to convert. The question is why. I'm a drunk with more bullets and brains than a prayer said in my 23 years of living. What she sees in me only the Lord would know. God is the creator of all things, but even the Almighty knows that in order to survive, one must evolve. Adapt. Which is why all of his creations do or they die. Old doctrine, Miss Danger. They are dying. Blacks are being sprayed and lynched on television. The world is watching this nation now. Our politicians, they are fighting evolution those that fight evolution ultimately face extinction. I love this religion. I love this country. But I cannot stand by while it burns into oblivion. We must fight for change. Even if it means abandoning certain things that we learned to love. That's dangerous thinking in your line of work. You're telling me Father McConnell. They also thought like me. And you saw their end. What? You don't know? The other clergy men and women killed all believed in equality between races. Some even supported equalizing men and women in the clergy, changing Jesus' skin color. Father McConnell even believed in attaching ourselves to politicians to help change laws. Did you tell this to the FBI? I did. But they refuse to open up a case against the church. They're scared, Miss Danger. Old doctrines die very hard. May the Lord bless you. She says as she backtracks to join the rest of her nuns. And I was left standing there with all this information just thrown at me, wondering now... if this was more than just some homicidal priest obsessed with a pretty face. These killings were motivated. Which means they were calculated, and if the church is involved, this could lead to a scandal of massive proportions.
0: I decided to stop
1: by the commissary on my way out of the city to trustins. Of course, the FBI were out front doing the job that I was technically hired to do. They wouldn't even let me pass the front door. Two men in black suits, but oddly not sweating nearly as much as one would think. Is Sister Joan home? I want to speak with her, I said. We can't disclose that information. One of the guards uttered, Oh, come on. You guys don't want me involving myself in your investigation, but you're going to stop me from mine? You were hired to keep an eye on the nuns. Mark's voice rang out in the desert air behind me. I turned to see him watching me. Not interrogate them. Interrogating them would mean you were investigating Which means you would be involving yourself Into our investigation You seem pretty interested in me involving myself last night And you seem pretty disinterested Mother Margaret told me I need to pray more Since so sister Joan could help me He laughed at this I've known you all of two seconds And I know you don't pray Times are changing I told him He walks over to me, and stands so close I could smell the stint of sweat and stress coming from him, only masked by the soap he used to bathe with. Prayer only. That's it. And a God. I said to him, raising my right hand up, as if to solidify my pledge. He looked up at his men and gave them a nod, and they opened the door for me, which was polite. Thanks, gents. I said as I entered. I could feel Mark's eyes on me as the doors closed. I found my way to Sister Joan's room by feeling my way around the building. She was sitting there, all alone, reading the Bible. The image was so pure, the way the sunlight came into the room. You would think there was no looming possibility of dying in six days if you saw it. Just bliss. I watched for only a few moments before she noticed me and looked up from her Bible. Don't mean interrupt, I said as I stood in the doorway. I didn't know what the protocols were if someone was reading the Bible. I'm sure it was a sin just to disturb her. You're not interrupting, Miss Danger. Please, it's Jane. Okay, Jane, come in. She said, and I finally had my permission to enter. I walked over to the next to her bed, looking down on Miss Pure innocent woman, no more than 30 years old. You know I never read that thing? I pointed to the Bible in her lap. Couldn't tell you who it was about. I joked. Most people can't. It's, uh... It's the greatest story ever told. You're allowed to call it a story? Isn't that what it is? Here, I'll show you. She slid over on her bed and patted the area next to her. She flips from the middle of the book where she was reading to the beginning where the word Genesis is displayed on a page all of its own. It tells the story of the world from the beginning where darkness ruled the land until God created light, to the first man, to the plague of mankind, all the way to the end of all things. She says as she flips through to the last book, Revelations. So it tells the past, present, and future, I ask. It tells much more than that. It gives us the ability to understand the Father. Understand what he wants from us, from our lives. It tells us what our purpose is. And what purpose is that? She laughed at this. Everyone has their own purpose, Jane. Only way to find it is to read and pray.
0: What if your purpose is opposite of others?
1: What if you felt that your purpose was to change the world around you? but they don't like you very much for it. What would they do? God often calls those fathers from the cloth to his bidding. Moses was a former royal, David, the smallest man in the army, marry a virgin to birth a son, and I believe he's calling you, Jane, a noted drunk, a woman to save the world of men, promiscuous as she may be. It is interesting how God works, very mysterious ways, very mysterious. Much like Sister Margaret, she was in the same boat as me once, right? On this, Sister Jones stood up. She walked to a dresser on the left of the room and opened the top drawer. She placed the Bible inside. Some people are confused. They think the word of God is ambiguous. There needs to be moth according to the times. I don't see it that way. You think it shouldn't be. Mother Margaret... She stops herself. I stand from the bed not backing off. Mother Margaret what? Has radical ideas? Saying with Father Connolly and the other people killed? When I first decided to become a nun, it was because of Father Morrison. He had spoke so fervently about the Lord that I had a revelation right there in the middle of the church. Thirteen years old. The words of old flowed through me, and I spoke in a tongue that was long dead. Father Morrison has always been like a father to me since that day. And when he reassigned me to this commissary, he did so because he heard rumors of radical speech. And he wanted you to spy. He wanted me to be. Mother Margaret was being smart about her way. We all knew Mother Margaret and Father Connolly had a different perception of the faith than others, but they wanted to change the doctrine, update it for the time, even change the scam of Christ. This threatens a lot of people, doesn't it? Including Brother Charles. The word is written, she said with the ferocity that... Rita slammed the dresser jaw shut. It was written by men much more attached to the Holy Spirit than we could ever be. The world may be changing, but the word must remain the same, because salvation hasn't changed. Brother Charles isn't stalking around here just because he's obsessed with you, is he? She paused. I thought at that point you would give me the truth. She had gone to the edge. I was just waiting for her to jump. jump off it. But then Agent Mark Sparks came to the doorway. I had a sudden urge to pray. I thought I'd join you two. Maybe you could do that for me, sister. Of course, Agent Sparks. Sister Jones said as she walked over to the bed and knelt down. Me and Mark did the same. She shut her eyes and began the prayer. Mark set his eyes. I followed suit, bowing my head, but kept one eye open watching them both. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you to help guide Brother Mark and Sister Jane on their journey to stopping this killer and keeping us safe. We come to you in this time of need to pray so you watch over our souls and protect them from temptation. That's when Mark glanced up at me. I quickly put my head back down as Sister Joan continued. We pray for this world that is lost, the people fighting for their country and its heralded traditions. That made this the greatest place on earth. Now this made both me and Mark open an eye and look at her. Watch these killers, these heinous people committing such atrocities in your name, and we pray that no one gets hurt in a fight to keep your word strong. In your name we pray. Amen. She opened her eyes and looked at us as she ended her prayer. Amen. Amen. Me and Mark both said, well, thank you, sister. Mark said as he stood up. My pleasure, Agent Sparks. She responded with a nod. She turned to me and we exchanged an awkward nod. Jane, can I speak with you? Mark said as he left the room. I followed him out down the long hallway. I know what you were doing in there. You gonna arrest me? I don't have enough yet. Is it that or you don't want to? I don't want to. He said, stopping and turning to me. But I will if you keep doing this. Did you know if Sister Margaret was a radical? Same with Father Connolly. They're being murdered, and not just by a madman, by people inside the church. What evidence do you have? I have statements made directly to me. Statements? Mother Margaret admits she wants to change the doctrine. She also told me Father Connolly had several, which... She called evolutions to the teachings of one, one of which is darkening crisis skin color. Sister Joan just confessed to me that she was assigned here by Father Morrison to watch, Margaret. This whole thing spells conspiracy. I need you to stop now, he yelled before composing himself. This is a church matter, and if this is going on, then they will handle it. You don't think the federal government should be stepping in on this? You're here for a reason. I'm here to show my face. To make it look like we give two dams about what's going on here. You should be worrying less about what it looks like and more focused on solving the murder. This is the Catholic Church. By God, if we get this wrong, Jane. This is how they do business. I'm here to catch a killer. When he shows his face, I'll put the cuffs on him. That's it. That's not gonna stop this. This is bigger than just one man killing people. I'm sure these women knew the risks. He said as he walked away. You're not a church go, are you, Mark? He stops, turned around, and looks at me. I was raised in the church. Go every Sunday. You think the Lord would want you to just turn away from this? To that he said nothing, and he walked away.
0: On the next Next episode episode of Avery World World Stories, Stories, Jane Jane Danger takes a trip to Tristan's 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 Clinic Mentally Insane, Insane. Insane. and finds finds out the truth about Brother Charles. Charles. As you exit our world, remember, life is what you make it. So make it joyous, make it wonderful, and make it filled with imagination.